0: Hello and welcome to the Qubit Guy podcast, brought to you by Classic, the quantum algorithm design company. My name is Yuval, and my guest today is David Shaw, director at Fact-Based Insight, a quantum analyst company. David and I talk about how to best counter China's quantum strategy, the role of consultants in creating and implementing a quantum computing roadmap, hardware elasticity, and much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know how we did by emailing hello at classic.io. That's hello at CLA Hello, David, and thanks for joining me today. Hi, Uval.
1: Nice to be here. So who are you and what do you do? Uh, this is uh, David Shaw from Fact-Based Insight. Fact-Based Insight provides uh, quantum market advisory, content for interested business and investors in the sector.
0: I saw uh, a couple of weeks ago that you published a really comprehensive report about sort of what I would call the state of quantum. Um, and we're recording this in, in uh, early February of 2022. So if you look at 2021 versus 2022, what do you think is going to happen on a market dynamics? Where are enterprises in 2021 and where do you think they'll be in 2022?
1: I think, I think it's been a, a great transition for the sector. The, the awareness of quantum technology and quantum computing in particular uh, with uh, large interested potential adopters has uh, really moved forward. And I think it, uh, it's probably the, the norm rather than the exception now that uh, major corporations are aware that there's something uh, significant that they, that they need to work out what they're, they're doing with. I think that's a big development.
0: And sometimes we think about the world in three categories, people who are quantum curious, maybe they heard about quantum, maybe they read about it in, in you know in the BBC uh, reports or, or Wall Street Journal. Then there are people who have maybe started setting up small quantum teams to explore. And then, of course, there are people who are deeply engaged in quantum and have larger teams and are... Closer to moving into production, where do you think the bulk of the market is? On the first quantum curious, or on so dipping their toes in the water, or fully committed?
1: Uh, I I must say, while we clearly when we when we all go to conferences or, or join conferences online these days, uh, you know we hear that the players that have started to dip their their, their feet in the water. Uh, but uh, I suspect that the bulk of organizations out there, they're still at the quantum curious stage. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of people out there that have maybe uh, looked at their own their own careers and thought, well, actually, is this something that I can learn more about because it's going to be part of uh, building out you know my own personal growth journey and clearly they're then wanting to uh, to uh, go along with that in their their own organisations I, I do think it's noticeable when i when i look at, at, at which of the engagement activities uh, that have been uh, a success so far for players in the market there's often a very strong educational uh, con- component of that in terms of you know what uh, you know ibm's great success with uh, uh, ibm q uh, a big element that we didn't really strictly speaking need to have access to real quantum devices on the cloud real and small quantum devices on the cloud, to all start, you know, learning how to how to do some quantum programming, uh, but it, it, it was really a, a key uh, a key point of uh, traction uh, that got a, a lot of people interested in, in in giving this a go, and I think it's been a big success uh, for IBM, and and owning that educational space, I think, has set them up with a very nice. A momentum around, you know, their view of what a quantum software framework looks like. I think it's very interesting to look at, at, at D-Wave's rather a contrasting approach, which played to its own unique position and unique strengths. It, it, being a small organization, it deliberately looked to a strategy which pooled in early end users to drive user-led trials, and I think that was that's been really instrumental in in in, in alerting a, a you know a wide population of potential business users to the whole notion that that you can start to think about business problems in a different way and that when you get bright people doing that it uh, it, it generates very interesting results and they're not always you know make like what you expect but uh, it drives business benefit in a more 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 general general sense i think it's interesting you you see uh, you know some of the you know the current uh, uh, initiatives that uh that have, have come out of the sector and there's some very interesting variations on, on this on this approach. You've got people that are perhaps have more of a, a quantum internet uh, view of the world, uh, deliberately launching tools which uh, can help people learn about that way of thinking things and think QTEC are very actively, I think it's a very interesting strategy to try to get a, a quite a different view of the, the future of the market across. Very interesting also to see uh, you know what you would have considered a very specialist quantum software shop, quantum control, highly specialized activity, but it spots that it's got an opportunity to roll out an educational tool, Black Opal, which I I I've really been very impressed with, and, and think it could have uh, a really great wide application. I think it's a great starting point for people that haven't come across quantum concepts. Uh, but really want to get their their head around those basics before they tackle something more substantive like uh, a Qiskit tutorial.
0: So let's assume I was a CIO of uh, large financial institutions, I'm curious about quantum, I want to get started, I had my people go through a couple of courses or online education, maybe I've even identified uh, a couple of candidate use cases where I would like to compare quantum performance with classical performance. Then I think I get to a fork in the road, which is the consulting versus internal development. What do you see happening and what would you recommend to customers? Is it build your own expertise internally or is it turning it over to a consultant?
1: Uh, well, I I probably, I probably should, uh, I, I probably should uh, admit part of my own background in this. You know, my, my own career started in, in management consulting. I was for many years a, a consultant with uh, what was then Anderson Consulting, now Accenture, and then many years with uh, A.T. Carney, uh, um, a strategy-oriented management consulting house. Uh, and the, the thing that, that I'd, I'd reflect on, I have a lot of sympathy with the way uh, consultants can add value to an organization overall. I, I don't think it's uh, an us or them decision. Uh, I think organisations should clearly want to identify and understand the in-house capability that they need and want to build, and they should look for how professional service companies, and and I include here the you know active you know management consultants, you know whether it's uh, uh, Boston, whether it's McKinsey, etc., whether it's. Yeah. Uh, but also the the consulting arms of organizations such as as IBM uh, and look at how uh, they can potentially uh, work with your organization to build that capability you need I think it's also very interesting to look at the uh, you know across the widest quantum software space and uh, I, I I always return to an observation at the moment that you know rather than than walk out into that market and you know look at a, a particular feature on a particular platform, you know a, a particular algorithm for a particular application that someone happens to have developed now, or uh, a particular feature in a particular tool that lets you link. Uh, you you clearly that that kind of capability is important in the in the long term, um, but at the moment at this early stage I think it's more important to look at the picking the right partner organizations that you're, you're going to want to work with and and I think there's a, a real a trade-off there between is that a, a, general, uh, a general management consulting uh, player or one of the more specialist uh, quantum algorithmic expertise oriented players or a, a special uh, platform capability Oriented player, and, and really ask which of those which of those potential partners to 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 start and then continue uh, on this journey is is the right one for for what your organisation seeking to do, and the the actual the actual skills to to do new work in quantum algorithms, new quantum algorithmic work is a very scarce skill, uh, and so you have to be you have to be realistic in the 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 access to partners resources with that skill that you'll be able to get you have to uh, welcome the ability of, of large-scale consulting organizations to deploy knowledgeable resources in country on specific projects and you also have to be aware that uh, working with a, a partner that provides a uh, a, a tool to assist and, and, and choreograph that progress, that doesn't just bring an immediate benefit, but it also potentially brings a way of turning what can be the expertise of, of point individuals into a more organisational knowledge by using the platform to, to build that out, whether that's taking. Uh, a piece of applications and algorithm insight and, and turning it into something that can then actually be programmed at scale by having a library of functions or whether it's something that, that gives you a head start in taking uh, an innovation and, and plugging it into what will ultimately be a business process workflow. And and those types of questions, I think, all need to be... Um, they're all ultimately questions that... These are not new quantum questions. These are questions that... Uh, uh, that um, business leaders grapple with in across across a a number of uh, contexts and and They they need to realize that they have to solve all these normal questions, but yes in the context of a new uh, long-term opportunity such as uh, as quantum
0: Following up on the management consulting you could look at that in two parts one is strategy and, and you mentioned BCG and McKinsey what use case should you attack where have we seen this work are the expectations realistic you know what hardware would you recommend and so on and so on and then there's the implementation part um, and if organizations believe that quantum is strategic enough then i i don't think that they would want to outsource a hundred percent of the implementation to someone else because there would be you know, a day after tomorrow, where they start to say, "Now we do have a unique quantum algorithm, or we do have a unique data source, or what have you." Uh, how do you see that division between the uh, the strategy and the implementation?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's an excellent question, and and, and a, a basic thing I would I would I would have in my mind in 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 in, in, in responding is that this question of how do you on the one hand identify good strategy and on the other hand how do you ensure that strategy will be well implemented across an organization is a classic uh, and one of the most profound challenges in, in 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 normal business and 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 different organizations will have their own their own uh, style and approach to that, that that they're comfortable with myself personally I've, I've always put a, a premium on the ability to uh, work with partner organisations, whether that's consultants, whether that's others, that can help you along that whole trajectory. You know, if you as if you as a an, an end use organisation really want to compartmentalise that and 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 insist that you are going to work with one, you know, hybrid strategy shop here, and then we're going to do this planning internally, and then we're going to build this ourselves. I'll get another. Then that that's great, but you've got to realise that you your organisation's got to be. Oriented around being able to deliver that overall, uh, the continuity of that overall arc. And some organisations, I think, you know, they 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 will feel they can do that. For others, I, I, I see a role uh, for uh, consultants, general consultants that can help join that up uh, across the arc.
0: You mentioned the difficulty of recruiting people uh, to to develop algorithms and and so on. Do you think that's a function of education? Uh, just need to learn more about quantum. Do you think that's a reflection on the state of the market with regards to the development tools and platforms? Maybe they're just hmm. too difficult and not abstract enough. How do you see this gap between supply and demand for
1: people who can implement quantum closing? I I, I think to to start to start responding to that. I, I think I would wind back slightly and there's a key there's a key point when we talk about quantum algorithms that it 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 covers a a wide range of of specifics uh, you know a, a lot of you know at the, at the one end there are end use applications and i think i think we we're, we're clear we want to talk about something different this is specific to a particular business need and then at the other extreme you can say well what 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 underlying quantum algorithms are there well well really there's there's only a few underlying primitives that are really where this difference is coming from. And, and, and even there's, there's an argument that really they're all a version of, of, of one, one, one similar thing. Uh, and, and so the research for genuinely new quantum primitives is an, a very exciting and interesting uh, area, but a highly specialist area. But then there's a, there's a complete middle ground which is about working out how to assemble underlying quantum primitives, algorithmic primitives, into useful mid-level algorithms. And that's actually the bulk of the activity that I think I see going on that you see archive papers out coming out uh, with with great frequency on. And it is itself still a very, a very specialist uh, very specialist activity. And so you return to, to how to how to recruit uh, against that backdrop, and I think as an organisation, I think you first got to be clear which part of that that market you're you're, you're trying to address. And for for some large organisations, yes, they will have deep R and D activities that want to be involved with and fund research right at the algorithmic primitive coalface. There'll be other organisations that that are very comfortable working at that that mid range, and that's still a challenging uh, recruitment. Um, Uh, uh, task and there'll be others that want to work at the the applications oriented end and and that's of course that's a massive activity we know from the history of the the conventional digital revolution that that becomes an enormous opportunity and an enormous uh, business activity so there is a massive reskilling activity to take place there Uh, but of course the the potential recruits the way they need to be developed, the new skills, how old skills can be leveraged, is different for these these different uh, different uh, compartmentalizations.
0: I wanted to ask you about the execution of the program. So, first, is it safe to say that the majority of um, quantum programs that will be executed in the near term will be on the cloud, as opposed to um, you know truly on premise?
1: I, I think um, if you if you take the you know the the you know a straightforward quantitative um, answer to that, then I would suspect it will be on the cloud because it's simply easier. I think though that there will be organisations uh, where you know they they perceive that their, their their use of these these devices is is sensitive. Whether that's because it's they have sensitivities around security and defence applications around. Um, their proprietary uh, materials uh, research, uh, they'll, want to, they'll want to look at uh, a secure on-premise uh, installation. I know it's in the back of my mind though, one of the bits that I see as very unjoined up at the moment in the field is on the one hand, the quantum computing led discussion, which looks at quantum cloud and, uh, or quantum computers delivered through a conventional cloud and potentially on-premise installations. And then equally, uh, you've got the discussion coming from uh, the, the quantum communications community that says, oh yeah, well at the moment we're doing quantum random number generators and QKD and everyone should be interested in that. But actually the next big thing that community wants to talk about is blind quantum computing on the cloud. Um, and it doesn't get talked about so much and it doesn't get brought together so much. But actually for me, it's a brilliant combined use case. I, I, it's not. It's not one of those use cases that has tremendously demanding implementation uh, requirements, uh, but it is a use case that really does address that uh, that requirement for a high degree of, of security and confidentiality. We're not quite there in terms of implementability, but we're certainly there in terms of demonstration level. Uh, uh, experiments that have that have been done and i see a big a big future for that specific use case
0: and if we look at specific quantum computers say on the cloud today um in not to pick on particular vendors but just as an example today if i wanted to use an ionq computer i could use it directly with ionq and their api or i could use it through aws for instance Um, and AWS might say, well, look, you know, if you work for us, you can use different computers at different times of the day and, and compare them and so on. Whereas if you work with IonQ, uh, maybe you have deeper access and better uh, uh, way to interface with the computer, but it's only IonQ. How do you see that evolving? Do you think people will be selecting a quantum computer of choice or will they prefer to work through the... Cloud providers.
1: I I think I think end users are certainly going to want, uh, in principle, they would desire a high degree of hardware agnosticity. They don't want to be tied into to one approach, and particularly when when you're learning. I think they, they in introductory activities, they're very comfortable that they're going to use a standard circuit model, and they're going to just want to be able to, 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 to experience that in in the easiest possible way. However, when we ask you know where are we going to get nisk or where are we going to get real end- use applications over the line to commercial advantage in the niSC era you have to think it's going to be more difficult uh, it may not even be possible but assuming we do manage to do it then I I kind of think we're going to need to be leveraging all of the the resources available at the at the most granular level that we can we can, we can access them and and, I, and at the moment, in terms of the state of, of, of how frameworks have managed to standardize, we, really that level of standardization isn't there yet unless I go specifically to one of the manufacturers and go deep into their stack and, and work with them about what exactly they're going to open up to me. Now, initiatives like uh, Open Chasm 3.0, it's, it's really trying to, it's trying to extend that. It's trying to push that standardization to, to a lower level. And that may change the dynamic. I mean, I think you can see why IBM are, are keen to be part of that. You, you can see why uh, other platform-oriented uh, service providers such as uh, you know AWS Bracket uh, are, are going to want to support them uh, on that, that journey as well. And you can see that in terms of the collaboration and that standard. But in terms of where we're at, I, I kind of think to get a gate model machine over the line, you're going to have to work closely uh, at a low level at the moment.
0: As we get close to the end of our conversations today, I wanted to ask you a hypothetical question. Um, You spend um, most of your time monitoring the industry. You you see what vendors are doing and you try to make sense of it and then explain it to your customers. But if you were able to control what the industry is doing, so I, I give you complete control over the quantum industry for the next 18 months or so, what would you have us do?
1: I, I think it's a, I, I, I almost want to take that question and and turn it round slightly to a different angle, because one of the biggest questions we face, I think, as a as a community, particularly in the, the West, is how will the the glowing growing geopolitical rivalry in the sector uh, play out. And, and in reality, that scenario you you just painted to me. If I could just dictate how this should go according to a more central plan, that's kind of how the Chinese program is likely to develop. It has that advantage. It's a part of the part of the system. You know, China's deliberately leveraged long-term technological foresight to command a, a, to develop a commanding place. For example, in solar panels or in batteries, and clearly seeking to do the same in, in a series of quantum technologies and, and so the strength of the, the, the Western response to that well I don't think it really should be to try to be like the Chinese system uh, I don't think we're going to beat the Chinese at their own game even if we wanted to uh, but the question is how can we develop the right patterns of collaboration across the the sectors, uh, whether that's uh, in uh, the rest of Asia, in Europe, in the EU, versus wider Europe, in uh, North America, how can we get the right patterns of collaboration that play to our strengths, but also capture the benefits of, uh, the traditional benefits of of our market economies, which is that we don't try to dictate everything from the centre and that we allow uh, a variety of approaches to be explored on their own merits and ultimately the market and uh, uh, that wider ecosystem selects what deserves to win and so really for me that's the, that's the challenge for the next 18 months, how can we recapture the strengths of, um, of our economic system to drive the industry forward.
0: So for the record, you turned down the opportunity to be the quantum emperor, uh, and that's that's fine. Uh, David, (laughs) this has been fascinating. How can people get in touch with you to learn more about your work?
1: Yeah, please come to uh, factbasedinsight.com or look me up on LinkedIn.
0: Very good, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you.